Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the His Beloved Podcast. I'm Megan. And you guys, today's episode is so much stinking fun. Kendra and I laughed our little heads off and we were just floating for days after we did this interview. We have Gian Gamboa on the podcast and Gian is a husband and dad of two kids and one on the way. And he is a Catholic speaker and evangelist in the Austin area, but he travels around and talks to different groups and He's just so much fun. He also works as a campus minister, although it's not his real title. He'll tell you all about his title (laughs) at a local Catholic high school where he just gets to spend time pouring into youth every day and inviting them into deep relationship with Jesus. And on this episode, it was so fun because I'm friends with Gian, but Kendra had never met him before. And so some of these stories I knew But for the most part, we would ask him just some like random benign question and the answers he would give us blew us away. I feel like I got to know him on such a deeper level this uh, during this episode. And my favorite parts were when Kendra asked him about his school lunch. The response was unlike anything I could have ever dreamed. And then also when we asked him about how he met his wife, Natalie. Oh, it's a story for the ages. One that I feel like all teenagers should hear. He just talks about the beauty of trusting God in the waiting and of really letting him lead the story and not letting the way the world pressures us into relationships and viewing women to skew how he saw his future bride. Oh, it's the best. I hope that if you have a teen in your life that you will share this episode with them because he does such a great job of talking about his conversion and how God really changed his heart and then also about how God can lead us into good and holy, healthy relationships and marriages. It's a good one. You're going to love it. It's a ton of fun. I hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the His Beloved Podcast. I'm Hi. so excited, Kendra. Me too. <laughs> I like a schoolgirl. <laughs> so we, we have, have a fantastic guest. I just mm-hmm. met him, but yes. I feel like I've known him for a very long time. He's the best. Okay, so he's everything I pictured he would be. I know him and love him and told Kendra she would. And the first thing he said when he walked in the door That's right. is, Kendra, I love your husband. We're in love with the same man. Yeah, we're in love with the same man. That's yeah. true. So we have Mr. Gian Gamboa here today. Mm. And... Um, he's just, I told Kendra before you got here, I was like, he just has this like light about him and joy. And she looked at me and she like did this face of like, he does have light. <laughs> yes. With like jazz figures. Jazz hands, That's like, right. There's rays right. of sunshine coming out of your face. Um, yeah, so sweet. but we, um, go to the same church mm-hmm. and now we do. And, um, and we've just like crossed paths in ministry and I, um, just love seeing you lead teenagers. And we were like, we've got to have him in mm. to just talk about life and faith and ministry and all the things. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are? Yeah. I'm a crazy Filipino man who loves <laughs> Jesus a lot. Um, uh, and yeah, just, just felt called to ministry, uh, right after college um, thought for the longest time I was going to go into medicine, like a proper Filipino man. Sh- Sorry, I probably should say that. <laughs> All my family was either in like postal service or like nursing. Okay. Um, but it was so clear, like the second half of college, I was like, all I want to do is talk to young people about Jesus. Mm, that's and he, amazing. And even if like there's no money in that, that's okay. Cause a priest told me there's riches in heaven. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that means, but like, that sounds like the kind of riches I want. We'll figure the other part out later. And, yeah. Fine. And, and I've been blessed since, you know, graduating from college, just I've been doing ministry and I just love working with the young people and telling them about Jesus. And then I, I, I'm convinced at this point, like the Lord called me to ministry 
actually not to like make an impact on teens, but I'm pretty sure like for my own. Yeah. Just to yeah. like work with people like you guys or work with teenagers. And I'm like, Oh my God, Jesus, you're like, you are so good to me. So I'm, I'm pretty convinced now that there's like selfish motives of why I do ministry. It's like yeah. for me to just, it's yeah. for my own soul. <laughs> it's yeah, so edifying it. to see him move. Yeah, it's, it's for that to be your so job. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's wild. Yeah. Yes. It's super yeah. fun. It's crazy. And I have right a lot now of you questions are already, so on staff ahead. at um, Catholic High School in mm-hmm. Austin, and you are there, like, what is it, ministry? I've been trying to get the title changed for two years. Okay. I really have. So it's it's a beautiful, long, fancy title. It's called the Director of Formation and Ministry. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Campus but, minister is what I was going to say. Which is a campus say. minister. Okay. I've been trying, like, in all seriousness, I've been trying to get uh, HR to change it to the Catholic Jesus guy. <laughs> I'm like, I I really want you to put Catholic Jesus guy because it sounds more inviting than director of formation ministry. Right. HR won't let it happen, but I'm going to keep it. That's funny. Do you teach theology too? So I teach one class. Oh, okay. Timothy team or Tim team for short. Tim, Timothy being the disciple of Paul. Uh And it's basically the campus ministry leaders of the school. So we choose 16 (gasps) upperclassmen. Oh, that sounds dreamy. Yeah. And and then the the, the sort of, what's the word? The, The structure of the way campus ministry is done is rather than me as one person trying to do everything for the whole school with the staff, mm-hmm. I basically focus on mentoring 16 juniors and seniors. Then they're put into four groups. They either work in liturgy, sacristan slash working with the clergy around the parish, our logistics team, which is all like the detail-oriented like yeah. planning <laughs> people, and then retreats team. And there's so four groups, four upperclassmen each. I work with them. We basically study the Bible and like the, the catechism and we just go deep into like, uh, basically like uh, gospel based discipleship. That's fantastic. And then the goal is for them in each of their groups in each of their lanes to go and evangelize that way. So, you know, if one of the, each one of the 16 finds two friends and they can like mm-hmm. disciple them and then those two friends find another two, it's like, it's yeah. Jesus it's, model. I was say, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's model. nothing yeah. we came up with, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the only like course I teach is those, and and I pour in a lot to those 16 students. And the hope is that when they graduate, at least those 16 students, and then the other students they've mentored would really like, not just like believe in Jesus and the Catholic church, that's good, but like belong to him, that Mm. they graduate and they're like, I I want your job. Yeah. So it sounds beautiful. And they're so inspiring and it's so beautiful. I've seen you with them in your element and it is, it's beautiful. I love it. I could could cry right now. So someone else teaches the other like theology classes. Okay. So you're, I was trying to figure out if you were in charge of all of theology and Mm -hmm. campus ministry, but you just get to focus. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I work very closely with her name's Alana Heil. She's the department chair of theology. She teaches senior theology. Gotcha. And then, so like my office, the campus ministry office works super like integrated with a theology department. Okay. So that what they're learning in their theology classes, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, is integrated with and related what they're experiencing at a campus ministry level, whether at their like class retreats or in their experience of mass or in what's happening in like whatever weekly Catholic event is going on. Um, so we try to have a very like integrated relationship between campus ministry and theology. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Just just so it's connected. Yeah. Um, and I, working with Alana is, is a dream. She's fantastic. She's so good. Yeah. All the gifts and strengths I do not have, <laughs> she possesses and That's more. fantastic. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for Alana. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I love that. So, yeah. Super cool. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little deep there. I have so many questions. I just want to ask you some yeah. of what you ask said. Your questions, we're going to ask these questions first. Sure. Okay. Sure. 
So what kind of lunchbox kid were you? Oh, okay. I, there's Did you have characters? Cool were you insulated? Ins- were you like oh my fly by the seat of pants, grab it out the door? Like what kind of kid were yeah. you with your lunchbox? There's like the, the answer I want to give you, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's the honest answer I want to give you. So a little bit of context background. Elementary school, I grew up in, in the Philippines. That's what I was thinking. Okay. And we were, I don't want to get into a history economics lesson, but in the Philippines, basically there's a huge disparity gap in like socioeconomic. So like 90% mm-hmm. of the Philippines, heavy poverty, mm-hmm. 10% has like 90% of the money. Wow. Mm-hmm. And my parents, the way I grew up, we basically had a lot of money in the Philippines. And so, um, <laughs> lunchbox, how do I... I was just like very spoiled is the way I'd put it, uh-huh. where like we, I grew up with, uh, this is so funny to share, but it's okay. <laughs> we grew up with like a lot of maids all over the whole house. Uh-huh. Wow. And then like from the age of one, each of me and my four other siblings, from the age of one, you get a like a 24-7 nanny assigned to you basically. Like oh personally. Wow. <laughs> so this I grew up, and this all my friends grew up until I was about 10. So I uh-huh. thought this and was normal. You had no idea. No idea. And then when you hit the age of seven, your first grade, you start going to school. Um, yeah, to school. You have a driver slash bodyguard assigned to you. He drives you everywhere. He what like did your parents do? Yeah, they, I, my dad built like uh, this company from like the late 70s, early 80s that basically sold furniture in a sense around the world. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so the childhood I grew up was just very different. So like lunchboxes were... Not really a thing I would have. This is so weird. But this was also the norm. So I, I just yeah. weird saying it because it's like not <laughs> normal in America. But me and all my friends would have like lunch personally delivered to us like 10, 15 minutes before lunchtime at school. Uh-huh. It was like this full, like it looked like, you guys know what like a Japanese bento box is? Yes. It looked like that every day and it was just like whatever soup and rice and meat or fish and like a dessert. Then you'd eat it with your all your other really rich friends. <laughs> And then you'd be done, and then the maids would come and take it, and then you play and you go back to class. It, at like, school. At school. Wow. And that, that was like the norm, right? But it wasn't so, like cafeteria food. It was like no. from outside of the school. So the people that's who could get cafeteria food, that was like, that's what you wanted. Because nobody had that. Everyone had freshly you prepared just, lunch. But like, the goal like was like, like one day food. a week, I just want that pizza that they're selling for like a <laughs> dollar in the Philippines. Yeah. It was like 30 pesos or whatever at the time. Because that was like what you don't get. You like the yeah. junk food from the cafeteria. And I, I always dreamed of like, one day I'm going to have pizza twice in a week. And I will <laughs> not real. It was super okay, like. I had to ask like, what does stuff? Natalie think about like yeah. your life with like a nanny for each child? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we were dating and I shared with her like my childhood story, she was like, Kian, <laughs> lovingly. They she happened. Like, <laughs> this explains so much about you. Because <laughs> she, she had shared with me like one of the things I tried to reconcile was like, you're like very sweet and you love people and you, but she, she was like, there's a very clear bouginess about you. That's hysterical. <laughs> Which is true. I, I don't deny it. You know? I have not noticed that about you. Okay. Okay. You're very sweet. And here you are in ministry. Oh yeah. That's amazing. But even my students are like, Mr. Mo, when we get to know you, like you're definitely like a bougie person. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> and they're like, some of the early giveaways is like, you always care about how you dress. Your hair is always like uh-huh. Asian okay. Ken style. If I can say that. Asian 
And so when, yeah, so when I was like, when I was, those are not, I'm not describing it that way. My students have said that. Oh, okay. The Barbie movie that came, Uh uh I didn't even know Asian Ken was a thing. Oh, it is a thing. There is an Asian Ken. Yeah, Yeah, because the Barbie movie that came out, there's like an Asian actor who's very, and my students since have been like, oh my gosh, you're like campus ministry, Jesus loving Asian Ken. And I'm like, (laughs) I think that's a compliment. But anyways, when Natalie... When Natalie and I were dating and I shared like my childhood story with her, she's like, it explains so much. She's like, you seem to, not in a bad way, but she's like, you seem to be the kind, I remember her saying this to me. She's like, you seem to be the kind of person that is used to always like getting what you want. (laughs) And when you don't get it, you just keep working or asking people until you get it. And people just give it to you. And I'm like... Yes, that is like, <laughs> that's like my life, you know? Like, so HR is eventually going to fold, is what that's you're saying. Fine. That's what I'm like, in all seriousness, yeah. I'm like, HR you know, is fold. It's, I've only been trying for oh two years about like, they're going to let me change it to the Catholic Jesus guy. Oh my gosh, that's oh. so funny. But okay. it's, but I that think was like the best, the best answer, answer ever. Question I've ever like, I was asking the Holy Spirit, like, what, what questions do you want me to ask him? And that could not have been better. Thank that's you, Jesus. Truth. Okay. I've never shared that. Next okay. question. We were talking about earlier having podcasts and like hearing people's lives. The that? whole reason yes. I, we have this podcast is so we can hear that story about yes. your life. Like I would have never yeah. known that otherwise. Yeah, no, One no, million no. percent. Okay. That's so so I, I view many <clears throat> slash all youth ministers as being like kids at heart. And, yes. And totally. That's my husband. Yep. I can see that. Oh, you. Yeah. Okay. So Chris is definitely still a child oh, yeah. in the yeah. best way. Yes. Okay. So say you're approaching a playground <laughs> or some sort of like. Children's amusement apparatus assortment. <laughs> what would you immediately gun for to play on without like, there, there's no one to judge, no one to think who's that weird adult yeah. playing on mm. whatever. What would you oh, run yeah. for and play on? Easy seesaw. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yes. yes. Just because like, I know this is going to sound so immature, but I'm going I'm to be honest with my answer. When I was a kid, I was like a very small, like light, I'm a short little Asian kid, very light, you know, and whenever I'd like, um, get on the seesaw, a lot of my bigger friends would go on and I would like, like, like stuck in the air always. Yeah. You get some oh. air. And I once went to the playground, to a playground somewhere in like Georgetown with Nolan and there was like a seesaw thing and I didn't mean to, and Nolan was like maybe three years old, <laughs> but I totally like launched him, fly him off. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, this Seesaws is what it's so like dangerous. on the other end. <laughs> I know that's like so immature. I was like, a, but, but he enjoyed it. I mean, he fell a he little bit. He landed well. He landed well. He was kind of, but it was so, so it would be seesaw. That's just to like study. launch kids. Yes. Because yes. I was always the kid that was launched. And now I'm oh. like, as a 32 year old man, <laughs> I can be the money. launcher. <laughs> That's true. I was That's always amazing. the kid that was launched too. <laughs> yeah. It's time for me to launch kids. That's funny. Yeah. One time I think I broke my friend's fingers because she was holding <gasps> oh, on underneath and I just it? got off and oh. she just went, boom. Oh, yeah. It was at my birthday party. Oh. I felt yeah. horrible. Oh, yeah, it's your birthday party? I felt horrible. Yeah, this is why seesaws don't exist very much anymore. It's pretty rare now. Yeah. There's actually one at a park near here, but they put rubber tires under it so it doesn't slam your fingers and break your fingers off which is smart smart. (laughs) yes 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 yes. okay so you have a background in theology of the body Mm -hmm. and theology of the body is all about the complementarity of the sexes you know it's so beautiful um so without offending (laughs) just where are we going here listeners you're not allowed to get offended (laughs) here you go okay what's one thing that guys have that girls could use a little more of Ooh, Ooh. that's a hard question that is a great question what is one thing that guys have that girls can use a little more of? Hmm. 
Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off the cuff here. My gut, and I, I this is like generally speaking, mm-hmm. right? But I think in general, I'm also thinking of like a lot of the the, the teens, youth, and mm-hmm. young adults I've worked with the last like seven eight years. When I see yeah. youth ministry, like the difference is when I'm working with like an all boys group or an all girls group. I think in general, there's a certain like boldness and unapologeticness. I don't know if that's the right word mm-hmm. that men have that when we're trying, when they're trying something new, even if they're not sure how it's going to work, there's like a boldness and like, we're just going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to try to, we're not trying to offend anyone, but if it does like that, like knowing we have like a good intention. And I think in general, men can be more like single minded on that. Like mm-hmm. we know we have a good intention. We're just going to go for it. You know? <laughs> Who cares what happens? Whereas yeah. women, and I think in general and their feminine genius and their, like they can see so many other different pieces. But I think sometimes, sometimes that can hinder like the, mm-hmm. let's just boldly go for it unapologetically. And if it falls apart, it falls apart. Yeah. Um, that's a really good answer. That's I a great answer. Definitely yeah. see that. I, I see that in ministry. Yeah. So like, one short example, right, is like at Savio, we're planning right now for the sophomore class retreat. And the sophomore class retreat is a men's retreat and a women's retreat. And it's really fun for me seeing the teenage upper, the, the students who are upperclassmen plan it, mm-hmm. boys, versus the upperclassmen girls plan it for the sophomore girls. Mm-hmm. Because the guys are just shooting off ideas. And some of these ideas are, I, I, I love them, but they're the stupidest ideas. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. But like... <laughs> They're just like so caught, like, let's go for it and we're gonna. <laughs> but like the ball gets moving, right? Like we whereas the with the girls, they're so intelligent and so smart. They think about every, but it takes a bit longer mm-hmm. to and then even and this is the part that I feel like I, I have to push the girls a little bit is even when they have like a totally brilliant, well thought out idea, mm-hmm. sometimes there's like a a lack of confidence yeah, in timidity. it or a, bold, yeah. a timidity in mm-hmm. it, which is okay. But but I'd wish like I wish you could have the confidence in your idea. Mm. Knowing the amount of work and thought you put into this, the guys have like 10 times the confidence in like, and they put in 10% of the thinking. <laughs> like they, yeah. They, you know, but yeah. So I think it'd be like that. Like, yeah. A, that's that's good. really interesting to think of you planning two different retreats. All yes. guys planning and all girls planning. All girls, yeah. Okay. That's so fantastic. we're going to flip the script. Sure. And what's one thing that <clears throat> girls have that guys could, guys could use a little more of? <laughs> I think you kind of just answered it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I think in general, what's something that girls have that guys could use a little more of? Um, this might sound harsh. I'm also speaking to myself in this. It's just like consideration of others. <laughs> <laughs> That's why girls are more timid. I, like, is it going to offend you? Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, but I, yeah, I really yeah. mean that. Like, And again, I think it can be a strength in certain ways and a weakness. But I think, like, again, like the, the general like single-mindedness of the masculine mind as good as that is in certain ways, like, but sometimes if we fail to like consider others or just think about how that might affect them in this way, it can, yeah, it can, it can make a goal or project not as successful as it would be had, mm-hmm. had they had just a little bit more width in their like thinking. Yeah. I'm generalizing all these things, but I, but I, I like I have so many examples in my head. Of like, <laughs> you know. That's good. Good job. Even in like marriage, right? I like, yeah. like, yep, I did not consider that. And my wife definitely. That's so funny. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, you survived. Good job. Thanks. Ooh. Thanks. <laughs> These are fun, good. fun questions. Well, I can wait to hear about your story. Like, oh, man. Share more of your story, how yeah. you got. So after college, you were on a ministry team, right? A mission for mm-hmm. Theology of the Body? 
Yes. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So hold on. Um, can you back up? No, that's okay. Yeah. When yeah. did you have your conversion to be sold out for Jesus oh, to yeah. go on that mission? Oh, my first like big conversion experience. I was 14 years old. I went to a um, a Catholic <laughs> youth retreat. Yeah, you know the. I went to Catholic youth retreat the summer going into or out of ninth grade. I can't remember. No, it was going out of ninth grade. Um, and you were living in America at this point, right? Yes, we were in Southern okay. California. And one of my close friends basically lied to me and said it was like a, a like a free basketball camp. And my, <laughs> oh my life, gosh. my life in camp. ninth grade, it was like basketball and like trying to get the cute girls at school to like uh-huh. see me and like me and whatever. Um, and anyways, my friend was like, "Gian, free basketball camp, come." You got to pack some like basketball shoes and some clothes. Great, <laughs> pack some show up. And the first day we're there it's friday night of course sure enough there's like outdoor basketball courts and people are playing okay and play a few pickup games less than an hour into it the quote coach (laughs) gets everyone into center court he's like all right guys we're ready to start our retreat i'm like what the heck is a retreat (laughs) and he asks everyone to take a knee he has everyone to take a knee which is kind of normal in like sports he asks everyone to take a knee like guys and girls all around us and he goes in the name of the father and i'm just like (laughs) And I'm, I'm like, what is going on? Did you go to a Catholic school? Mm-mm. Okay. I, I went to Catholic school basically all through elementary school. Okay. And then end of elementary school, junior high, high school, public school. Okay. So, and so funny. I'm in like public high That's school. Like, and Do you think this kid had like been to this retreat before and he was like, I know it's pretty like, like there's some basketball elements. I can yeah. pull one over on yeah, him. Yeah, he, like, he, he was yeah. two years older than me. He was a junior. That's amazing. That's a great evangelization. Yeah, yeah he loved He's like, I'm going to lie to him. And, He's still, he's still a dear friend now. His name Jeff. He lives in Texas. Um, That's hysterical. But, um, or he lives in Dallas. But anyways, Saturday night of that, I don't remember much of the retreat, but Saturday night they had adoration. And before we were allowed to enter into the church or the chapel where there was adoration, they basically said, your small group leader is going to take you to basically the, the prayer, pray over area station. They're going to pray over you. And then they're going to send you to be with Jesus. And I'm, and I'm 14. Like, what, what does that mean? Send me to be with Jesus. But everyone seemed like really happy and like trusting in this. I'm like, I'll just go with it. And so, you know, I, I've known my small group leader for 12 hours at this point, maybe, or 24 hours. And I'm thinking like, this is going to be the weirdest thing. I'm, they told me I was going to sit in a chair with my arms open like this. Like I was like holding two plates and just put on my lap. And they said, just share a couple of things you want them to pray for. And then just breathe. Mm. And I was like, sure, I, I can do that. And so I, I shared general things. Like I actually remember like two of the main things I asked for was like for him to pray for my family. Cause I thought God would want me to say that. And then the second thing was like, I really want to improve. And this was super specific. I really want to improve my dribbling skills in basketball. And I, I asked him to pray for that. Hey, you're at basketball. basketball camp. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, Jesus cares about little things. So, And so he's like, okay. So I, I put my hands like this. We make the sign across. I close my eyes, not expecting anything. He puts his hand like on my, like my back or my left shoulder then he just starts talking, and I don't know why. I just felt like there was like a warmth in my chest, which was really, but like mm-hmm. a physical warmth. Yeah. yeah. And then I just started crying. <gasps> and he hadn't even really, like, he hadn't even gone to the depths of his prayer. By the end of the prayer, it was maybe three, four minutes. I, I was sobbing. Mm. And I think part of it was, was like, how can this man who I've known for less than a day 
pray for me in such a seemingly, and it really was like a genuine way Mm -hmm. and ask for the Lord to bless my life, to bless my family, who he's, he's never met before. And ask for me to have like great dribbling skills, <laughs> which I will say, I think the Lord answered. There's <laughs> no videos dead. of me in basketball in high school, but I, I think I crushed it anyway. That's um, and then I went to adoration after that. And I, I, I'd probably been to Eucharistic adoration before that, but I honestly don't remember it. Mm-hmm. But during that adoration, you know, the worship team was playing some very cool, like early mid two thousands worship music. Yeah. That I, I cherish. And, um, I remember just looking up at the Eucharist, not knowing at the time it was called a Eucharist or a monstrance. And a few minutes into it, having this moment where I didn't know what to say anymore, I feel like I'd said everything I wanted to say to God and I had nothing left. So I just sat there and stared up the Eucharist. And I remember having this immense, really unexplainable conviction. I know now it was like just the Lord's grace at work, but this conviction of like, that's really God. Like that was like the phrase, Mm. like, like, that's really God. Like that's really Jesus. I don't know how it doesn't make sense, but that's right. really him fully in this circly white piece of bread mm. and this golden fancy furniture looking yeah. thing. <laughs> I learned it was called a monstrance, but like that's really him. Mm. And like, not only is he real, but we can like physically be in his presence mm-hmm. in the Catholic church. And then that like, he cares about me. And I remember it taking that away to take walking away with that in the retreat, having no idea what to do with it, but just like having my world shattered in like Mm. the best way possible. But of like, whoa, God is real. And Jesus is like physically present in the Catholic church. And he actually cares about me. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know what it meant, but I like I was convicted in that. And then the rest of high school to make a long story short was this sort of like tension or learning. Like, how do I, essentially follow Jesus and give him my life, but like Mm -hmm. still be like a normal cool kid. Cause that Mm -hmm. was very important to me. Right. Like to still be seen as a cool kid or whatever, like the basketball athlete and liked by girls. And I felt like if people know that I really love Jesus, they're going to call me a Jesus freak. You know, Mm -hmm. I've heard those things said. (laughs) Yeah. And and so the rest of high school was like, how do you, how do you, how do you love Jesus in a radical way? But like, not be shunned by the world, you know, and, and yeah, like that was yeah, really yeah. a, in college, I think I, I was able to lean more into who cares if the world hates me. If like yeah. Jesus is who he says he is and I am who he says I am, then let the world like yeah. hate me. Mm. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, like we'll have heaven and eternity. And like, I won't care about the 80 years I was here that, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's when college was like, okay, like, I really want to do this ministry thing. Senior year of college, specifically. Okay. Yeah, it, it took yeah. a while for me to, like, I want to do this. I'm not going to go to medical school anymore. I'd been I'd been preparing all of college. to. I had, like, my medical school prerequisites done. I had done wow. research at UCLA's medical school. I'd done, like, an EMT license thing to have clinical experience. And wow. I think I would have had a pretty competitive yeah. application to medical school. But it was the weirdest thing after several years of working on one goal, medical school, coming to literally the last few months of my senior year and being like, I have no desire to go to medical school. Wow. Which was like a crazy thing to like, I've been working through. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what I, what job is there for me? What career? But I, I remember telling my parents this. They're like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I just want to go to like youth retreats. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Can I'm, I just be a teenager forever? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know like youth ministry. I just ministry. want to see all the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know like I could be a youth minister or whatever. And that's and so, so that that's ultimately what led to me being in the culture project, culture which was project. this. That's what it was yeah, this. Okay. Um, this apostolate of young adult missionaries who commit a year of their life to being formed in the in John Paul II's theology of the body through like Benedictine monks in St. Vincent's College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Wow. wow. You were formed by monks? That's monks super and then cool. and actually a lot of the man, I can talk about the culture. Can I I feel like I'm talking so much. You're, no, this is great. this is why we have you here. But yeah, we I have nothing to share. It's so funny. They, they don't want to hear from us. They no, want to hear that's from you. So funny. Um the way the way mission life worked was if you were accepted, you're one of at the time, this is 2016, I think we only have three mission teams about six people on each team. So we were a small, there's about 18 missionaries, a team of about maybe seven to 10 staff. So 25, 27 people all together in this apostolate. And what we would do is we followed the, the academic calendar year. So we would do ministry basically from September through May, Mm -hmm. but then the months of June, July, August, those three months you commit to basically being at, St. Vincent's College, um, and we entered into actually the the um, the daily routine and spiritual life of the monks. We'd have to wow, require. So yeah, cool. I was like wildest thing. We were required to get up for like five thirty. No, not five thirty. Five a.m. Mass. I remember because I it's the first time and only time in my life I've set my alarm for like with the four at the four. beginning. <laughs> All right. like, and it was like four forty-five. I was like, I can brush my teeth in five minutes and walk to the church. And yes. <laughs> Because we live there in the in the in the college, which is right next to the, the seminary and the abbey, but we'd start with five a.m. mass, five five or I'm sorry, five a.m. morning prayer. It was like liturgy, mm-hmm. the, uh, the divine yeah. office, and then mass would be at five thirty. Then around six fifteen, you're done, and then six thirty a.m. is breakfast, and then seven a.m. you're done with breakfast. And it's the weirdest thing because seven a.m. I'm like. And then morning prayer, mass, <laughs> like so and I feel like I'm still half asleep. Like, yeah. I was like <laughs> and then we'd have afternoon prayer with them, the night prayer. And then in the chunks in between, the culture project would bring, bring in a lot of the uh, sort of like experts in the mm-hmm. Catholic speaking world in the fields of um, chastity, theology of the body, and then the pro-life movement. That's wow. Cool. And they'd stay with us anywhere from two, three days to a week. And they would just form us 18 missionaries wow. in the in the art of speaking and the art of like um, uh, sidewalk ministry. Like oh, that's cool. of, wow. So like we it, I, and I felt so spoiled by it because we'd had people like Brian Butler from Dumox Ministries, who's like the theology of the body guy for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christopher West, Jason Everett, oh my Matt Frad, Stephanie Gray. Wow. Not to like name drop, but these are the people I'm like, like that's who you trained. Oh, under. Yeah, that's amazing. They're, they're like hanging out with us from three to five days. The sisters of life came from what a year week. was this? 2016. 2016. It's wow. also the first year I met um, sister Bethany Madonna. She stayed with us for, she's a sister of life. She does a lot of the, uh-huh. I think like seek and stupid, but anyways. Okay. And it's just like, when you're just like, immersed for three to five days with these people you're having lunch with them then they yeah. teach you That's on so this cool. and then you practice it right which is the scariest thing when like yeah. 
Matt Fratt. In like front Brian of them? Butler. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, here's, <laughs> here's some tricks how to connect with your audience when you have an audience of like a thousand or more versus like 200 or like, <gasps> they really trained us in the arts That's amazing. Of I was about to ask you if they actually wow. taught you like how to speak on. and preach yeah, because it was full on. it's lacking in the Catholic church yeah, it and was, how to actually engage yeah, an audience. That time, the, the focus was, it was very clear. The culture project was like, we want you to do two things during this time of the summer prayer and formation. We wanted to just be immersed in like prayer and like the divine office in daily mass, daily holy hour, and then formation, like learn the content of what you're speaking, like a, like a deep, heavy formation into JP 2s theology, of the body into like what the church teaches about the dignity of the human life. Mm -hmm. Um, how to, how to understand that. So it's like second nature to you, but then the art of how do you communicate that to anyone as young as 12 and as old as 22. Like that was the culture yeah. projects. Like mm-hmm. the youngest we worked with was like junior high. The oldest was like college, but our bread and butter, like 70% of the people we spoke to was high school age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do that for three months. Sorry. You did that for like six weeks. The other six weeks of the three months were sent back home and then you fundraise your salary, like okay. focus missionaries. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Net. yeah. So then you yeah. fundraise, but then the six weeks of it, you're just in formation and then the school year starts, you're put in your team, and then you're planted in a diocese and you speak at all the parishes and Catholic schools of that diocese. Sometimes it's multiple dioceses. Yeah. Okay. So you had um, one like home diocese and you just really cover that area? Yeah. That's so cool. my my time at the Culture Project, both years, I was part of the the LA team. So we're in the mm-hmm. Archdiocese of LA, slash part of it was like we were like a mini travel team. So really anywhere in like the West Coast region, mm-hmm. if there was a school or a parish or an event that wanted us, they'd send a couple of us. Mm-hmm. But we were based in um, Our Lady of Lourdes Parish in <laughs> in East LA. That was our home base for nine mm-hmm. months. There was, my first year, there were seven missionaries, four girls and three guys. My second year, there were five of us, three girls and two guys. I'm sorry, two girls and three guys. But even in even that, right, like your living with other young adult missionaries. We, of course, had like a men's wing and a women's mm-hmm. wing of the house. Yeah. But like in community is also where I felt like I grew the most. Yeah. Because it's where like the rubber meets the road with virtue, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, I say this all the time that like, I think one of the things that prepared me the most for the vocation of marriage, though I didn't know it at the time, was living in community with other young men and in particular other young women. Because mm-hmm. I'd never lived with like young women my age before, like mm-hmm. in a... Yeah in a platonic friendship in a virtuous way. But like, I just, to put it, I did not understand them, you know, <laughs> but I was like, I'm still called to love them. And we're, and when you, I mean, we all love the Lord, but when you live with each other, like you get to see everything about each yeah. other mm-hmm. and you get to, you know, and learning like conflict resolution or mm-hmm. like just how to communicate, you know, yeah. and the graces of those two years on mission, specifically being in community, like I still see it in my marriage now yeah, where I'm wow. like, Oh, like when Natalie is saying something or doing something, I don't understand. I'm like, I think this happened <laughs> with my teammate Krista <laughs> in 2017. And what did my team leader say to do? <laughs> Shut up and listen and then like pray and then act. I'm like, I can do that. Right. So like, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Are they still, um, is, is that project still going? Oh yeah. It yeah. Is? They've expanded. Wow. I think they have four or five teams now. Uh, they're, they've heavily expanded in the West, uh, I'm sorry, the East coast and the Midwest. Okay. And I believe they still have a travel team, but yeah, I, I was with them from 2016 to 2018 and that was probably 
the most formative time. And mm-hmm. that's a big statement, but I, I stand by it. It's the most formative time in my life because for those two, three years, you know, you, you commit to much like focus missionaries, you commit to a daily mass and daily holy hour, mm-hmm. and then you live in community and then you, you just work and preach the mm-hmm. gospel through the yeah. theology of the body. And when that's all you're doing, and then you have a team of like, we call it our mission support team, right? So family and friends who are giving me 50 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And there's like three dozen of them yeah. who are making it possible to do this. I don't know. It just does something. I think it did something to all of our hearts where it's like, yeah. we're literally only able to do this one through the generosity of the people. And that showed me a way that like, God really provides what almost yeah. caused me to not do mission work was I was like, the pride of like, I don't want to ask people. Yeah. To, for you money, know, right. Yeah, that's, hard. that's a huge hang But up, then when sure. I, by God's grace, like, I'm just going to ask and see what happens. And the Lord blew me away with the amount of people mm, that are wow. like, thank you for asking us to be part of this mission. Mm-hmm. We, you know, and then it's like, I'm able to do this work through their generosity, like this army of a mission support team. Mm-hmm. And then I get to just go to mass every day, do a holy hour every day. We're continually for, being formed with, with our community you're practicing virtue on a daily basis. And then you go and just, we, we'd speak anywhere from two to five times a day, five to six days a week. Wow. So volume of speaking Whoa. was insane. That, wow. Does that, it's a lot. Is that exhausting? Super. I'm like, I can't. Super. It, but That would take so much out of me. Yeah. But the reps you get in. Yeah. I guess you get yeah. used to it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like there are talks where I'm like, it's, it's not necessarily the best, but like you, you just go on autopilot, right? Yeah. Cause we give mm-hmm. the same two, three talks. Uh-huh. Sometimes they want more of like an MC role, but that was more yeah. rare. But you're giving the same two, three talks again and again yeah. and again, and it's, it's t- it's tough. It can be a grind, right? But it, but I think like in that season of life, it's what I needed, and the Lord mm-hmm. knew I needed it, and it yeah. was just like, what I found, and I still find this today, like when I when I give talks or I'm seeing or whatever, mm-hmm. is like, there are so many things the Lord I feel like has me preach and say. Actually, I think not even for the whatever five hundred or two thousand people listening, whatever the event mm-hmm. is. But it's like for me, because like mm-hmm. when I, when and you, you guys have probably experienced this yeah. when you're saying something in ministry and you're like, I think that was for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, that happens so many times when we're recording. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I go back and listen to my own talks because I'm like, yeah, I still need to hear that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is what the Lord told me that day, and I still need to hear it today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there, there is um, an event I was doing last year, and I was speaking on just like the Lord's mercy. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes of that, like the week before I was just, I was in a place of just like discouragement and just mm-hmm. struggling with like, Lord, I don't know how, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like giving this talk, like super convicted and like God's mercy and like he will always like take the first step towards us. The mm-hmm. moment we think about wanting to run back to like he's already running towards us mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I'm saying these things and in the middle of the talk, I felt this like almost like spiritual nudge in my chest of like... Like, Ian, do you hear yourself? Yeah. Like, mm. this is this is for you. Yeah, I'll do and that like, for you too. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I think the Lord invited me to this event just because I needed to hear this message. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. a, yeah. not to sound selfish, but like, it's not even about like preaching this. I, I'm sure it is too. Like, the Lord's <laughs> yeah. over that. But in the moment, I'm just like, yeah. Lord, I think you brought me here because you needed to remind me through my own words yeah. or whatever that like your mercy is unfailing and limitless and like for me, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How cool, man. I want my daughters to do things like that. Any light too, for that matter. I'm like, I'm almost like certain that it's going to be like, 
a requirement in my house to take a year mm-hmm. off and be a missionary. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I can work that with yeah, all right of my before, kids. Right before, right after college. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, before, yeah. after, or during, I don't care, anytime. Yeah, that's true. Anytime, wherever you feel called mm-hmm. or wherever you want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I think yeah. it really, and maybe it's just the formation. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't take the time to form ourselves the yeah. way that mission life forms yes. students. Right. You yeah. Know what I, I mean, mean, what's forming us is, is academia and, yeah. and going out there and being successful and you right. know, making mm-hmm. a name and, for yourself. But that's and church on Sunday so for an worldly. hour. Yeah. Right. That's all worldly. Right. So the, the, yeah. the young adults that I know that went through any type of um, mission work like that, man, they are just, they're totally different. And it's so fun at the parish we're at because so many people were missionaries. So it's like this vibrant parish because they're all so well-formed. Like imagine how different our, our churches would be. So yeah, Yeah. that's totally, I love that so much. So when did you meet Natalie? So we, sorry, I could like talk about this. Right? <laughs> the, like, smile, get, get the smile he just had about mentioning his wife's name was oh the cutest my. thing I've ever this seen. This is about to be a three hour long thing. <laughs> and then you're going to have to come up now. Um, one really quick note on what you said. Yeah. Wanna, it, it's funny that you say like, you're almost convinced you're going to make it a requirement of your kids. <laughs> it's something that me and like the guys in the men's group, and I'm pretty sure probably Chad and Chris have seen this in the, yeah. because I think a lot of us have been involved in mission life. In, yeah. In yeah. Almost out your whole group. Yeah, yeah. But we're like, we are serious. None of the wives know this yet. So there's <laughs> always always this. Well, I think some of them listen Anybody. to this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Exactly. But we're like, convinced like it's gonna be a rule in our house like even if just one year and it almost it's arbitrary what mission work you right choose. i don't care which right. one you want. ministries focus <laughs> culture project Damascus, Damascus, ministries damascus so many brew city catholic and there's so many great ones and they yeah. have different like charisms but yeah. just to devote at least a year of your life to form it in like It'll it'll change like it'll the change Lord's it. or something. Yeah. yeah. Even you, even working the summer camps over the summer. Oh, yeah. I've seen massive oh, change in teenagers. Like yeah. going to a Catholic summer camp that is like mm-hmm. fully devoted to Jesus. Like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I just think we all need it. Right. And there's part of me that like my biggest regret as an adult is that I never studied abroad. Like I always mm-hmm. wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. My second other regret, I wasn't Catholic, so this would have never happened. But <laughs> I want to go do that now. Me like too. I wish I could have done something like that. I didn't that. even know it was a thing. I know. Yeah. Like, and you can't go back later. Yeah. Right. You it can just make your kids bad. go and then live with them. Well, children, that's we're all going. Healthy parenting. <laughs> Maybe that's like the million dollar idea is like when Catholic parents become empty nesters. Oh, yeah. Like a missionary program for like people who are like 50 to 60. Oh, that's Megan. So fun. But that's like, our like, next chapter. I'm, I'm just, I'm saying. <laughs> but you would do it as like married yes. couples, like five married couples, right? That's 10 people. You, you get formed by like whatever that religious order. So that does sound and so then, fun. I, this might sound weird, but like you five married couples, 10 of you will go travel together or like live in a place together and like just the men can form Minister each other's husbands. The and then you just like serve. That sounds amazing. That sounds so fun. We, we don't have to be empty nesters. Know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we're never going to be empty nesters. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy before this. I know. Like, we like to apply. For I this. had children very young and very old, and I'm yes. never gonna be done. I love it. <laughs> no, Michelle Benzinger from the um, Abiding Together podcast. Yeah. Her whole family lived at a life team camp and oh, ran wow. the camp, so right. she really yeah. did do like yeah. mission work as a family. And, that's true. And she talked Incredible. about when she left there, how it like her daughter. That's all she'd ever known. And she just wept. She was like seven mm. years old. She was like, I can't imagine not seeing the teens and the college students Aww. every day. Oh my like it became wow. such a part of her heart to yeah. watch this lively ministry happening oh in front gosh. of her. Yeah. Imagine what that did for those Aww. kids. I can't even. Yeah. You know? At seven years old and you're growing. And she was the family. youngest. 
That's wild. Yeah, That's the oldest incredible. I think were probably like around teenagers by when they left. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, super cool. Wow. That's uh, beautiful. So fun. Okay, so how'd you meet Natalie? Okay, so <laughs> it was in Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Our, uh, our, our, is that where you went university. to school? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so San Luis Obispo is a little college town right in the middle of like LA and San Francisco. So okay. smack dab Central California, right on the coast. It's literally, I, I'm a dramatic man, so I say a lot of dramatic things, but I really mean this. <laughs> it's literally my favorite place in the whole world Aww. because it's, it's just beautiful. this small little college town. And on one side is just the ocean and the other side is just mountains and trees. Oh, mm-hmm. And tucked in there is this, this it's a, a pretty big university, Cal Poly. Uh, but I met her there um, uh, the middle or second half of our junior year of college um, at daily mass, it was a Tuesday, 11, 10 AM daily mass. I, still remember, I don't remember the date. I should know the date, but I don't. <laughs> and she went up to do, she was the lector. She went up to do the reading. I had never like seen her before, never met her, but I remember just seeing her go up and then like blacking out. Like, we're like <laughs> yeah, like I, that's the truth. I was just like, Whoa, like <laughs> that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then thinking, I remember these three words very clearly. This one question was like, who is she? And I, I know that sounds like normal. I share this with a lot of guys in like my men's talk, but like that's a normal good response to see a beautiful woman be like, who is she? But at that time in my life in particular, like middle end of junior year of college, I had been, I'd just been like struggling with the pull of like the, the secular college partying, yeah. whatever lifestyle pleasure at all costs yeah. and, and, and kind of being, and for a while, I think my, 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 my thinking or my brain had just been conditioned in an unhealthy way to see women a way that in a, in a way that's not virtuous or good or holy. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was almost healing. I didn't know this at the time, but looking back, like encountering this girl's beauty who I'd never seen before in the midst of daily mass and being like, who is she? Not like at a what, depth. Like what's yeah, her name? Yeah, yeah. Like who yeah. is in her heart? Yeah. yeah. Not just like, like what wow. can I get from her? How can I get with her? Right. You know, which I think became in the middle of college. I'd, I'd fallen away a little bit from the faith. I stopped going to church for a while, but then I think out of just like guilt and shame and a little bit of Lord, a lot of the Lord's grace, like I was like, I'm just going to start going back to church mm. and just sit in the very back corner and not tell anyone I was there. That's the place I was middle, middle end of junior year. But this girl who goes up to do the reading and I'm just blown away by her beauty. And then the rest of junior year, we don't talk. We don't really talk. <laughs> oh, like, like we don't. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I do know at the end of that mass, I went up to her and this is the first thing I ever said to her was like, Hey, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for reading. You have a really nice reading voice. <laughs> and she could see through me right away. She's That's like, oh, cute. thanks. My name's Natalie. And then she like mentioned stuff like, all the, oh, yeah. And my boyfriend is in UCLA. Oh, no. And I remember being like, whoa, lady. Like, I'm not even, I'm just trying to shoot you a compliment. <laughs> she saw right through me, right? And we really don't interact much the rest of junior year. The remainder of that junior year was... Um, I found my spiritual director then, Father Kevin. He's still my spiritual director now. We're like oh, wow. 10 years. And he was just like, Gian, like, I know you're struggling with like the pull of the temptation of like the college party, whatever mm-hmm. lifestyle. But like, even if you still show up to every Friday and Saturday, like party, can you promise me that you'll come visit the Catholic Newman Center for Sunday mass and a couple times a week, just drop by. You don't have mm-hmm. to say hi to anyone, but just keep coming. And I promise if you do that, 
the Lord will like change your heart. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, that's a great word for it. Yeah. And I'm like, so father, you want me to still go to all the parties I'm going to, (laughs) but just come to the Newman center a couple of times to pray and come to mass. He's like, he's like, yeah, the Lord will do the rest. Wow. And sure enough, I'm like, I'll take that deal. And over the course of like the back half of junior year, I, I don't know how, but like the, What's, what was so attractive to me at some point, right? All these like frat parties and all mm-hmm. whatever, it just became really unattractive. Wow. And then the Newman Center and the the quietness of it and the calm of it started, be, like I craved it, wow. which is really wild for yeah. someone with my temperament of like as many people as possible, wild and crazy, let's have as much yeah. fun. And I, start, I was like, I just want to be at like the Newman Center. And so I slowly started spending more and more time there by the by the start of our by the end of junior year, I was like all in. I had like basically said goodbye to the set of friends that were not good for me and was convicted and like God will give me my people, like wow. the, the guys that I need to mm-hmm. like the men's community I'm like craving here at the Catholic Newman Center. And he did the end of junior year. Fast forward to senior year of college. Um, Father Kevin had asked me, and I thought he was crazy at the time because he knew my whole story and my history the last year. He'd asked me to lead uh, men's group for the Catholic Newman Center. And then he had asked Natalie to lead women's group. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is <laughs> hey there. The Holy Spirit Fancy might meeting be. meeting you again. <laughs> I, is there a whole lot of like in college and Catholic colleges, like, hey, I think the Holy Spirit put us together. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like there could be some like misusage sure of the Holy like, Spirit. Oh, yeah. Jesus pickup line. Yes, oh, like, yeah. oh, well, oh, for sure. it's meant to be. <laughs> so, I say yes to leading men's group. Natalie says yes to leading women's group. This this backstory note is important before I continue. At the uh, like a month or so before Father had asked me to lead men's group, at the very beginning of the school year, Father Kevin had <laughs> against my will, <laughs> he'd put me on a dating fast. He basically oh. said, I'm not asking you. You need to go to dating fast because just given your history. <laughs> I don't want to share details, but like, he's like, it yeah. would be good for any, at the time I'd also shared with him, father, I, I've never discerned my vocation. I feel like the Lord's calling me to seriously discern it. Oh wow! I said, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Like all I want to do is become a husband and a father and a working man. And, a, but there's a part of me that doesn't have peace, never like seriously discerning it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. what if the Lord's calling me the priesthood? But I said, father, I have a fear that if I discern this, I'm going to get attracted to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. So Knowing my history, junior year, where I was at, what the Lord was doing in my heart, we're meeting for spiritual direction every two weeks. He's also my confessor. And he's like, I'm putting you on a dating fast for all of senior year. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, oh, man. What a great spiritual director. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. If, if I didn't trust him with like my whole heart and soul and like I just knew he loved me and he knew the Lord and... I wouldn't have said yes to it because I'm like, this is insane. Like you're yeah. going to put, no one puts me on a dating fast. Like, that's right. But I said, okay, father, if that's what it means to like hear the Lord's voice with my vocation and draw closer to him and become the kind of man that I, I think I really desire to be, yeah. I'll do it. And so in the context of that, I'm like a month or two into a dating fast. He asked me to lead men's group. 
He asks Natalie. <laughs> women's during group. that time. <laughs> and then Natalie, her backstory is she had now for months since the summer before senior year had been very actively discerning with the daughters of charity. Oh, She's going to she their did. retreat. She's uh, spending a lot of time with them. I'm convinced this beautiful one, woman is going to be a religious sister. Yeah. yeah. I'm like convinced. And so, so UCLA boy isn't in the picture anymore for her? No, they'd broken okay. up. <laughs> yes. Good. I am very Good. thankful for him. <laughs> I won't say that because he's the one who actually brought Natalie into the Catholic church. Oh, oh. that's beautiful. So Praise Natalie, God. yeah, okay. Natalie, got she was baptized when she was seven but she didn't she received in middle of college because her her boyfriend at the time invited her like he's very devout catholic come mm-hmm. to church with me and That's she cool. fell in love with the faith fell in love with the lord had her conversion experience and then in college is when she, she was yeah That's it was cool. her junior year of college she received her first confession first communion oh, cool. and then we wow. were actually confirmed together junior year of college oh my wow. god yeah, That's we didn't cool. talk a lot. Oh, you I didn't was, like know each other. I mean, you weren't like we knew of each other. Our only talk was that like, That's cool, hey, you have, you a, have great, a good reading. Buddy. You have a good reading. That was it. <laughs> and, but then we were confirmed together junior year of college. That's super cool. Um, I didn't get confirmed in high school because basketball was like my life, and I was like, oh, I can't go to confirmation class. But the Lord worked. Through. Anyways, yeah. Senior year, I'm on a dating fast, discerning vocation. She's discerning very seriously with the daughters of charity. She's leading women's group. I'm leading men's group. So I'm thinking, Father, like, I have a proposal for you, a proposition. And it's a safe one because even though if Father knew I was, like, deeply attracted to her, there's no chance of anything happening because of the current state we're in of a dating past. But I said, Father, I think to to grow these men's and women's ministries rather than... The women always meeting just the women and the men yeah. meeting just the men week after week. I think twice a month they should be joint like <laughs> gatherings, like men and women's group together, because that will bring a lot of college students in. And we were struggling at the time wanting to grow the, yeah. you know, grow the men's and women's ministries. Mm-hmm. And he said, Gian, that's a great idea. I think that might work. And I said, Father, for this to happen, I'm going to need to meet with Natalie at least once or twice a week for planning purposes. <laughs> Because we need to be on okay, the same on. page. That's a lot of planning. No, that's serious. Percentage wise, was that the only <laughs> reason? Oh no! Okay, okay. <laughs> that was the smallest reason of why I wanted to meet with her. I had so such much. like ulterior motives of like I, I just want to spend Great. time with her. Yeah. Knowing like I couldn't date her, mm-hmm. but, but honoring the fast, but good, honoring yeah, the just fast. getting to know her. Fast, yeah. But I was just like, I just want to spend time with this beautiful woman, even if <laughs> she I can't is gorgeous. Date her. Have you seen her? She's and beautiful. I, yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, she just shines. Yeah, and I'm just, I just want to spend time with you, and like, and I think you know, to serve the greater good of the. I, at least that's what I was telling myself. <laughs> I look back now, and I'm like, all I want to do is like an yeah. excuse to spend time with her. But it's funny how the Lord works because we, Father, like as much as like, Gian, I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I see through this. <laughs> I see through you. But he's like, here's like the the deal when you guys plan things, it's never just you two, mm, which to be good. honest, I did, we didn't follow. Like many times I was like, you want to meet up for coffee? Let's plan. So sorry, Father Kevin, if you're listening to this. And, um, but good direction though. Yeah but, yeah. He, yeah, but he did give me that. And then he said, as much as possible, you bring in the other sort of like assistant leaders of men's and women's groups. So you guys are doing Mm -hmm. this in a small Mm -hmm. group and that we did a few times, (laughs) (laughs) but it was over the course of that senior year that, and I can honestly say this with Natalie, Natalie's the first human, human female that Mm -hmm. I ever developed, like uh, a true authentic, like male, female friendship with, Mm. without any expectation of like, dating a romance. Mm-hmm. Did I want it? Oh yeah. yeah. The whole time 
I was like, I could marry this woman. I would love to marry this woman. But that wasn't even in the, in the cards or possibly on the table because I've committed to this dating fast and discerning with, at the time it was with, with the Franciscans in okay. Northern California. I was going to their retreat. I'm meeting with their vocations director. Wow. But in my heart the whole time, I was like, I'm deeply falling in love with this woman. But I think it taught me, it's one of those buzzwords, emotional chastity. Yeah, I think it taught me emotional chastity, yeah. Yeah. though I didn't know it at the time, of like, you can truly deeply have strong, intense attractions and feelings towards another person, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you need to act on it or say it to them. Yeah. Yeah. And Tell that was time. super yeah. hard because all I'd known my whole life was like, you like a girl, you say something and you'd pursue her. Right. right? Yeah. Just impulse. Yeah. yeah. And and for the first time, it's like the Lord with, with father through father Kevin and through prayer is making very clear again, there's nothing wrong with falling in love with this woman. You're recognizing the beauty and her goodness and her virtue and her holiness. Mm. It's good that you're attracted to that, but there's virtue in practicing temperance and prudence mm. and self-control and not saying anything. Um, so throughout that senior, cool. yeah, we get to know each other. I have to be honest though, before the end of my dating, before the end of the year, I was just like, I was like a powder keg waiting to explain. I was like, father, I have to tell this woman I'm in love with her. You have to release me from the dating. Mm-hmm. At that point I had discerned I wasn't meant for the uh, priesthood or religious life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about April when that happened. And I'd like begged father, father, release me one month early for my dating <laughs> fast. He released me early. Natalie in February had finished discerning with the daughters of charity and realized I'm also called to the married life. So she'd figured that out a couple months before me, me in April father releases me. Is from she in love with you this whole time too? And not telling you, I had no idea how but she d- felt. But was she? I, I found out later. Yes. Okay, good. So in April, <laughs> it's not going to be like, yeah. And she wasn't, she wasn't, yeah. <laughs> she was not ready. So for we started all. getting to know each other like in October, fast October, November, December, January, February, March, April, seven months later, we finally have like the talk. <laughs> We, we spent sounds all this like time. you and Chris, Kendra. This yeah. Like, this oh is my, like their I'd story. love to hear your guys' story. Episode um, two of our podcast. Yeah. Oh my, I would love it's it. A, I honestly a, would. It's an amazing one, actually. Oh, like okay. every person should hear her story. Oh my goodness. Awesome. I'd love to hear it. But it was seven months into this friendship when we finally have like the talk or what I tell my teens, the DTR determined. Yeah. yeah. The DTR. Yeah. And it was just this outpouring of like, I remember we were still sitting in her car after like a, like a little mini travel thing we did um, with some friends friends went home, me and her sitting in her car. And I'm like, Hey, I have a few things I need to share with you. You know, at this point I have father's blessing to like, yeah. And me being the talkative, dramatic Filipino man that I am, I just let it all out over the course <laughs> of like five minutes. I'm in love with you. I think you're so beautiful. I've been falling in love with you since October. I can say anything. And I just, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like scared. Cause I'm like, I, I genuinely have no idea how she feels. There's a part of me that's hopeful. Cause I'm like, we've spent a lot of time together. Yeah. yeah. And if she really wasn't interested in me, I think she would have given me some, some yeah. signals. Does she know you're on a dating fast? Yes. Okay. So she's not just thinking like, Oh, he doesn't no. like me. He's not correct. Okay, good. That's she good. knew from the very Cause that beginning, could cause some issues. Yeah. yeah. From the very beginning, it was very clear before we started working okay. together, we were off limits because of the dating fast and the discernment we okay. were in vocation, which made like, we had clarity, right? Yeah. Yeah. But at this point, she's done discerning in February. I'm done in April. I have Father's blessing, and I, I just, I share my whole thing with her. And then I'm like, okay, like that's how I feel. <laughs> Respond. What about you? <laughs> and then she's quiet. And in true Natalie, like few words, like true Natalie fashion, she just like takes a deep breath, and then she looks at me, and she, she smiles, and she just goes, "Me too." 
Oh. And she just says like me too, like everything you said, me too. And I could like lost. I, oh. I remember wanting to like jump over the middle console and just like kiss her. I didn't, but I wanted to. <laughs> right? Like college boy. I'm yeah. just like, oh my gosh, come here. And then I said, okay. And then we we this is gonna sound so cheesy. We said like a small little prayer together in the car. Oh, and then she like went to her apartment and I, I like drove home. And then over the next few days, I slept so good that I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she loves me too, but we're not together, but what do we do next? And so oh, wow. over the course of the next few weeks, I, you know, I, I, I asked her, um, if we want, if she wanted to like be in an exclusive dating relationship, if I could be mm-hmm. her boyfriend. And she said, yes. And then about a month after that, we dated in person for about four weeks. A month after that was like. All right, I'm going to go be a missionary full time for the Culture Project. She also did a year of mission with the Daughters of Charity wow. through their Vince, Vincentian Service Corps. She was a, a, a full time missionary in Northern California. Wow. So we were like, all right, we got a, a, a couple months of dating in person, and then we're going to be long distance doing mission work. And we did that for a couple of years. My second year of mission, I proposed to her, which was the one thing she asked me not to do. <laughs> she really did. Going into the second year mission, she said, Gian, like, I support you in this, but like, you're still fundraising your salary. Yeah. You don't even know what you're going to do after. She's like, I know we've talked about like marriage and we can see ourselves married, but with like, please just don't propose to me until the end of your mission, second mission year, mm-hmm. when you have clarity in what's next and how you're going to provide for our family. I said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> that was in July of 2017. In November of 2017, I had a ring. I'm like, I know she said no, but I, I think she's going to say yes. And then I proposed to her and then she said yes. Then we got married in 2019. And then here we are five years later. That's the cutest so. thing I've ever That's heard. That's sweet. Please tell me that you tell teenagers that story. I love that I You tell teenagers, I yes. Do, yeah. Every, they have a shortened version of it. They get a shortened version. No, the whole thing. Tell them the whole shebang. whole thing. I'm telling you, teenagers need to hear stories like both of yours. Of like, yeah. this just like beautiful love of seeing the other person desiring their heart not jumping mm. into it because hers is the same way she and Chris, just letting god write your love story she, and Chris is a youth minister and she, she was a volunteer yeah. and he had a rule that he didn't date volunteers so they had to wait an entire year <gasps> oh no it's only three no months way. oh i thought it was a year. felt like a year i bet it felt like a year yeah, yeah, I <laughs> okay i thought you did like the whole school year <laughs> In my mind, it was a year, but still, he waited. Yeah, but I was dating God before that. He completely changed my heart. Yeah, I wanted wanted, like like, no kids. I wanted to work in a city, cute business suit, you know. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. She, she saw career, him. career woman. I'm gonna change yeah. the world. Okay. Yeah. She and saw I, him for the first time when he walked up in front of the church. Yeah. Like y'all have very similar yeah, stories. Yeah. You saw Chris the first time he walked in front of the church. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, was he, he the lector? He was a youth minister. <laughs> he was a youth oh, minister. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. In, in this t- this semester that I'm dating God because I was like I'm done with guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, date yeah. the Lord. Um, my three things were like I had to know him before. Um, no, we had to be friends first. He had to be taller <laughs> than me. He had to be had taller, to be taller than me. Um, and I would know it when I met him because I just didn't want to mess it up I was like I'm done mm. playing around and wow. and he walked up there and I was like yep no way. <laughs> that's the one yeah. you like knew God just, I knew her I sister knew. even said he was even dating someone yeah my sister called my mom was like Martha Calendar Kendra just met her spouse and, oh, and they hadn't like actually so interacted really yeah so then Wait. I volunteered for the youth group <laughs> Pro I really move. didn't feel called. Problem. I really Pro did, move. but that was like. Hey, bonus. that's how the Lord works. Wait, did yeah. you say he was like dating someone at the time? Yeah, yeah he totally was. Totally like, like, I'm gonna pray for that girl because she's gonna have her heart broken, and I love her as well, a sister. God is but just so good because I had the <laughs> most like story. deep seated peace. Yeah, he was gonna work it out. 
yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. work it out and it's gonna be fine like one of these days oh I, I'll, I'll be with them so yeah I just, just gotta sign up time. to volunteer That's a- <laughs> the first time I heard this story I didn't know Kendra at all okay. I knew Chris and we were at a Jason Everett event okay and Kendra got up and it was like a it was Thrive which was similar probably yeah, yeah, to yeah. Culture Project and it was like a, a chastity event and she got up and shared that whole story with thousands of people and um, it was the sweetest moment ever and so Chris was the MC and it was kind of like like a like a, a Jimmy Fallon style. Like yeah, he had a yeah, desk yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like oh, doing kind of like stand up so comedy. It was, su- it was such a sure. great event. They did such a good job. At the end of this, like her talk, Chris pulls out his chastity card that he had been <laughs> carrying in his pocket his whole life. So when they got married, he gave Stop. her his chastity card and she gave oh her, gave him this journal where she'd been writing oh love letters to her husband. It was like the sweetest thing. And they show me? all this to the kids. Yeah, I mean, so it was beautiful. like his, the his most card, powerful. He, he got it. What was the thing called that he got where you signed the uh, true love weights? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and like ripped and tattered. You can't see a word on it. It's like yeah. sewn worn from his wallet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I have it. Up it's there. such it's a great. Yeah. So they show it to the kids on the screen and it's just like, yeah. The kids need to be able to hear true love stories yeah, like that. Like it's so beautiful. powerful. For and them you've to hear. been journaling to your future husband. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You got to hear the yeah. whole thing. You got to let yeah, like yeah, yeah. go listen to episode yeah. two. Hear it from the beginning to end because it's so yeah. powerful. Oh my goodness. And Chris yes. had been praying for her in Austria, but he didn't know her yet. Like it's just yeah. oh. they had been praying for one another, but had never met each other. It's oh it's powerful. Goodness. Very cool. Yeah. You said some words earlier when you said like just let the Lord write your love story, and yeah. that's and. It's so true. It's yeah. like the practicals of what that looks like maybe is a little different for each person, right? But like, Absolutely, it's so true. Yeah. Like, let the Lord write your love story and even like your life story. And like, yeah. you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be going, you'll go through sufferings and trials mm-hmm. and hard times, but you'll have this like, this virtue of joy that the saints had. Right. If and you I, like know the Lord. And, yeah. and, and you, you know, working with theology of the body and stuff, I, I love theology, theology of the body so much because it, it, teaches like the why it it just makes it all come together you know if you let the lord write your love story then there's um connecting the gifting of yourself to the gifting to to receiving the gift of the other person just seeing how people settle Mm. and you see and 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 premarital sex is such um yeah Mm -hmm. it leads to the settle because there's so much chemical connection that happens that it's so hard to break away from like blah 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 uh it's yeah, it's and that breaks my heart. You know? Yeah, I think that's what both of your stories share is like, you don't have to settle. Right, yeah. And you can trust in God and you can like allow your heart to enter into a place where it feels safe. Yeah. And you can wait until that happens. Like you yes. don't have to rush in. You just right. wait for mm-hmm. him to invite you into yeah. it. And yeah. settling yeah. isn't necessary. It's so true. It's, cool. it's one of like the beautiful things too about like when we see that like youth or young adults or young people, they start to understand theology of the body and mm-hmm. really like God's plan for sex and being able to... Recognize that, like, yeah, as young people, unmarried, maybe they're dating someone, and there's like a real desire to have sex with that person, mm-hmm. and it's not a, it's not a bad thing, right? But that like that desire is like that's actually your desire for the eternal mm. manifesting itself in our bodily physical way, and it's not that God's saying no to that, but yeah. like God is saying fully yes to sex but when you fully committed saying i'm gonna do life with you yeah yeah. and i'm gonna commit to that in front of god and our family and friends and the Mm -hmm. sacrament of marriage and then there's the safety of like starting a family and all that stuff but like i always tell you the students that i work with when when, it's usually the guys that are most open to me they're like mr gamboa i'm good we just like as young men i know god 
it made sex for marriage, but then like, why mm-hmm. do I want to have sex? And I love when they're that open with yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's so good that you can recognize that. That's not a bad thing. That's why we need the virtue of chastity to reorient those passions, desires towards the good of the person, how you're the back of things. But yeah. to recognize that like your desire for sex and like that deep intimacy with just another person is like your desire for the eternal Mm. And that that's like a really powerful desire that when you enact act it out, it has the power to generate new life. Like what right. other act? Right. That's, yeah. That's really you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. there's, there's the, but that's, and then when their eyes start to like, whoa, like the church teaches this. I'm like, I know it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 You know, so. That's so cool. I'm going to need you to come and um, speak to our youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I'd be happy oh, to. I need them. To, yeah. I need my children to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, All yeah. right. So should we do what God's doing in your heart real fast yeah, before we have to leave? Time. Sure. Yeah. Mine's real fast. I had one and then I lost it. You forgot. Okay. okay. I'll go first because I know mine. Oh, I got it. So I um, started volunteering with the youth ministry at St. Patrick, which has been super fun. Yeah. And it's just a great team of like people who like really know youth ministry, <laughs> which is making it fun. But we're still a little like rough around the edges. Sure, <laughs> we're trying sure. to, you know, right the ship and everything. Um, but man, just listening to you today is like giving me a new kind of like fire in my belly of mm. like wanting to not just like, I, I can do like the speaking part, like the big, the big yeah. ta-da, but yeah. to like be one-on-one with them, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. hear their hearts, um, like just hearing the way that uh, small group leader prayed over you and mm-hmm. impacted you. Yeah. So we have DCYC this weekend yep. and yeah, it's just giving me this yeah. new like desire to get in there and yeah. show some kids how much Jesus loves them. Yeah. It's fun. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'll be back off of that um, a bit. You'll know why, but whatever. I don't <laughs> explain it all. Um, but just the Lord is allowing me to see again, like multiple times it's happened in my life. And I spoke of one earlier, whenever God was writing my love story, I dated him. He completely changed my heart to desire children, desire marriage, desire submission um, under the leadership of my spouse, all those things. Um, and all of those things were repulsive to me before mm-hmm. that season. Um, <laughs> right. but like the Lord is doing that to me now in such a surprising way. Um, and, and just what he does with the, uh, like, I love him deeply and I know that, um, I will be most happy in his will mm-hmm. and, and being do- docile to that and surrendering mm-hmm. to that, just seeing how he f- shapes our hearts, yeah. like without, I, I don't need to go in and you know, twist, turn, do anything. Like he just shapes our hearts. Yeah. For to desire what he wants. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm. What How about, about you? you? <laughs> Is the question just like, what's God doing in my yeah, heart? Yeah. So it could be yeah, like right now. the Holy Spirit, what, what's oh, been kind of stirring for you? Yeah. Big things, little things, or yeah. just like a little God moment kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think in general that this for the last one or two weeks has been like a constant, almost like, I hate to use the word mantra, but this like, has been, has been coming up a lot in prayer mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just even in ministry. And I, I felt it very much like during this podcast, which is, I feel like the phrase of like one day at a time. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is like, it's so interesting, like sharing like the story of like God's faithfulness to me as a child and as a teenager and like college mm-hmm. and then mission life. And then with Natalie and the, and like, as I'm hearing myself share those things, I'm reminded of like, God, like you've been so faithful to me in the past. Yeah. Why do I still now, and, and maybe we all do this, right? But why do I still doubt or have mm. anxiety or like yeah. worry about the future that's not here? Mm-hmm. All you're asking me to do is to know that like one day at a time, like you're present yeah. to me now and all you're asking me to do is like take care of today 
and look mm-hmm. back in the past to like remember your faithfulness that you've always come through both in times of victory and in times of struggle, but to let that guide the fact that the future, though, I don't know what it looks like you're, you're you'll be there yeah. and like, it's going to, it's going to be a win. Yeah. <laughs> no, no yeah. matter what. Oh, that's so good. And so to just like, just now, like, just look at like right now, Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. And then tomorrow the calling is going to be that day. And the next, and then like over the course of time, like the puzzle comes together. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's so good. Man, I, um, we have a lot of like medical problems in our family Mm. and a lot of them like recurring like accidents and, and they really mess with my kids and the way they can live their lives and stuff. It's really hard. So my daughter got another concussion on Saturday, Mm. Sunday, and she's had now, I think like 10 and they like really rock her world. Like there's some that have lasted for like three months and she can't do anything that she used to do. And it's really hard. So today was just like a really, really hard day. I was like, (coughs) I was worried about her. Um, She ended up not being able to do something at school she wanted to do because of this concussion. And she may not be able to make it to DCYC on Friday because of this concussion. And and then then the nurse calls, my son fell and fell on the arm that he just broke and just got better. And I was just like overwhelmed, yeah. you know, it was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. so I was actually standing at the adoration chapel at St. William when the nurse called wow. and I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I go to adoration and go to the nurse? Like, and, and go get him. And, um, and so I was like, like kind of almost like in a hysterical kind of like yeah. crying mode, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I walked into the adoration chapel and I knelt in front of the blessed sacrament and I don't even remember what he said to me, but there was something of like, like I got this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt this like peace oh, wash over man. me. And it was like, the, like exactly what you just said of like, we've been through this before yeah, yeah, and we're going to make yeah. it through it. Yeah. And this will pass. Yeah. And my poor son, when I picked him up, he was like a mess. And I was oh. like, go take a bath, calm yourself down, lay down. You're going to be fine. Like you're going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But had I not had that moment with Jesus, yeah. I sure. would have been a totally different mom when yeah. I walked back in that house right. because I was not in a good place. Right. <laughs> I probably would not be here doing this podcast with y'all. I mean, I was yeah, that bad. Yeah, like this yeah. was like wow. 30 minutes before you got here. Oh, not man. even. It was like 20, yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. Um, but yeah, just remembering wow. that like, He's got this it. is just a tiny blip. Mm-hmm. Like today is just a tiny second mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things of like what God is orchestrating mm-hmm. and, and he's always brought it, th- brought us through it in the past mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. will get through it. There mm-hmm. may be a setback, but we'll get there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I love thank it. you. Thank, thank you for yeah, ministering to me you. today. I appreciate well, that. Likewise, for sure. Likewise, y'all. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. All right. We're definitely gonna have to do this again. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yes. I, this is so fun. I'm just like hanging out with you guys. Just talking, <laughs> talking Jesus stuff. It's great. See, isn't it's That's a good fun. way to do a podcast. Just yeah. hang out with your friends. Let them tell you about it. Jesus. Super fun. It. Yeah. All right. It. Well, thanks, guys. Well, I'll see you this weekend. Yep. At DCYC. Yep. Yes. Yes. I will not. I'll be praying for y'all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gian is the um, MC for the weekend, Woo! which will be super fun. Woo-hoo! I'll just be there on Saturday giving, I think we're giving talks at the same time about prayer. Yeah. So we're going to have to like battle out who are you, comes, are you who comes to my talk or your talk. <laughs> well, there's two rounds. So the one right, that right, right. They're going to get double prayer. I'll from say us. go to the second. Yes. Prayer y'all should, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should say that. Yes. <laughs> Mine's about so hearing God's voice. And cross just promote. Prayer in general. So. Yeah, yeah. Like Jenny said they were not too much alike. So no, it was okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like teaching teens to build the habit of daily prayer yeah, and like to show up and learn. That's like, good. Just see? make that like a core habit of your oh, daily man. life. Wish okay. I, I like that. See, go. I'm not very good at teaching that part. Mm. I'm good at like, like inviting them. Like, what does it feel like to experience the Holy spirit? And yeah, then I'm like, well yeah, now yeah. what do I tell them? Yeah. I don't know what to tell them to do after this. <laughs> so I'll tell them, send them to you. Yeah, there, yeah. You go. there we go. Okay. And y'all have Lent coming up. So this is a great time yeah, for them to like, okay. Good time. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye guys.